Welcome to episode number 37 of the On The Record Sports Podcast. My name is Drew King. I am joined, as always, by managing editor of the Daily Record, Nick Castillo. Nick, how you doing? Drew, you okay? I think you misspoke. Uh, no, I said that correctly. <laughs> Say it again? Mananaging. Mananaging. Yeah. I don't think that's how that's pronounced. I'm pretty sure it is, actually. Okay. Um, Nick, it's how- your world. We're yeah. just living in it. It really is. Nick, how are you doing in my world? I am doing a-okay. Great. How are you doing, Drew? I'm surviving, you know, a little, little bit of allergies right now. Got the Vicks all over my lip right now. He said you could smell it when I walked in the room. He put vapor rub all over his... My lip. Yeah. Um, Didn't know that was a thing you could do, but... It, yeah, it just it completely opens up everything for you. It's great. Nick, we're going to have to elbow James Harden... I'm already about this. I'm already about this. And then change our name to Panda's Friend. (laughs) It's the Meta World Peace Podcast. It's meta. You seem to like that one. I'm a, I'm a resident. I'm our resident James Harden hater. I see. I don't know if I'm about injuring him or hurting him physically like that, but you know. I'm intrigued. You're going to get suspended a couple games. Mm, well, wouldn't be the first time. Nick, we've got a lot to get to today. But first, are you familiar with the movie Mean Girls? Oh, I'm 100% Drew. As we record this? Yeah. It's October 3rd. It is October 3rd. Mean Girls Day. Nick, question for you. What's that? What is your favorite part from the movie? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Oh, this is a stumper. There's a there's a lot of good parts. There's a lot of good parts, Drew. A, a You're right. A wide variety to choose from. Drew, my favorite moment might be when everything's going to hell in this movie. Yeah. And uh, all the girls are going wild. Yeah. And the principal, I cannot remember his name. Principal, do you know it, Drew? Nope. Anyway, the he principal. gets like yeah, he gets hit, and he's like. Hell no, I did not leave the south side for this. And then he breaks and gets his bat and then yes. everything. And he hits the fire alarm and everything goes I crazy. Love it. I love it. Mine is when Regina gets hit by a bus. <laughs> wow. Let's be real. Let's talk about this, okay? We were all waiting for it to happen. <laughs> we were. I guarantee you, everyone that watches this movie thinks to themselves the entire time, this girl needs to get hit by a bus. And then it happens. And <laughs> then she got hit by a bus. Plus, she survives, which is why it's actually funny rather than sad. So, yeah. Getting hit by a bus. is actually great good. Scene. Great it's scene. It's a great scene. You great said. scene. Um, you know who also survived a rough first half? Who's that? Last week. That would be one Texas State Bobcats football team. Oh, they did. Yeah. Survived a rough first half. Uh, we're tied 3-3 three to three at halftime. Came back to win... 24-3 over Nichols. The Bobcats are on bye this week. Last year we did a mailbag pod during the bye week, and we were going to do it again this year, but we didn't really get enough questions to do a mailbag. You hate to see it. So instead, we're going to talk about where they are. But like, if you wanna, scene. if you like, wanna send us a question, like we can answer it. Yeah. So send us some more questions. They have another bye week coming up. Pretty quickly. Two weeks. You know what's weird is they only play twice in the month of October. Yeah. Uh, and one's a Thursday game. Yeah. 
I'm okay with it, but only because there's two bio. I'm actually not okay with it because this this bio or the the game on the tenth, that this upcoming Thursday, mm-hmm. is it kicks at eight fifteen. Yeah. I'm wondering what the crowd's going to be like that for an 815 game. You always have trouble filling a stadium for a Thursday night game as it is, and then you're going to tell people you got to wait till 815 for kick. Anyway. I don't know whose decision that was. Uh, probably ESPNU, since it's a national game. Still, that is uh, questionable. You, get, you hate to see it. Yeah. So Texas State, they go up against Nichols. Last Saturday, Nichols, the number nine team in the FCS at the time, um, kind of struggled in that first half. Gress Jensen throws a pick. Uh, they don't really get the running game going at all. And so they end up tied 3-3 three to three at halftime. But they really turned things around in the second half. So the first drive, Gress Jensen finds freshman tight end Micah Hiltz for a 12-yard touchdown. Nichols gets the ball back, and the defense comes up with an interception. Deshaun Wadi uh, got the grab. It was off a tip, right? Yeah, it was. It was off a Jerron tip Morris by Jerron Morris, correct? And that sets up Texas State to score another touchdown. This time, Gress Jensen found Micah Hiltz again. Didn't get it all the way to the end zone, but it was twenty-one yards to the goal line, and then Gress snuck it in on the next play. And then Jensen had a one more touchdown. Later in the game, a 77-yard dart to Javen Banks. This wasn't. This was. This was a good score. I'm not trying to be harsh. Right. This is not a great throw. It wasn't. No, he. Gresh he underthrew him. Yeah, but Javen made a good play. Yeah, so shout out to Javen because he really made the play. Yeah. I mean, sure. You. You could say you can definitely say that Jensen did a good job of putting it in a spot where only. Banks was going to catch it, but it was a lot on Banks repositioning himself to catch the ball, yeah. and then took it to the house. Yeah, he shot. He shot off his some speed to get to the barn. Definitely, and he actually he, that was his only catch of the game, but he still led the team in receiving yards. That's funny, and that that's actually I think a big product of their lack of success in the first half of just having yeah. any sort of offensive success yeah. or any sort of offensive productivity. Well, and I also feel like that's kind of what Javen Banks' role is. You know, he's not going to be a volume target, but when they need him. He can produce for them. Yeah, and I know? think they were content on uh, Nichols was content on taking away the short game and Definitely. saying, "Hey, if you're gonna be, if you can establish the run and beat us deep, we're okay with it." Because that has been a big part of what Jensen's been looking towards when he's on the field. It's those short, intermediate rep. Yeah, passes. and, and it, neither Hutch White or Jamarie Sharid had a great game. They had okay games, but you know it wasn't anything spectacular. But you know, found success throwing it deep to Micah Hilton and Javon Banks, and that's what got the job done. Shout out to Michael Hiltz. He's really come on. He re- he's got that size. He almost reminds me of a more, a taller, more built, Keenan Brown. A little bit, even though it, it not built in the because Keenan was like thick, but he was really built. I mean, yeah. he, muscular for a guy who's a freshman. Michael Hiltz a freshman, correct? Mm-hmm. He looks like already like a guy that you can see down the road is going to be a big threat in the Sun Belt. Yeah, and so he actually he was a wide receiver in high school, and they transitioned him to tight end once he got to Sam Marcus here um and he he's looked great in the games that he's played you know he really had to climb up the depth chart to get to the spot he was at now because they had Blake Aragon moving over from wide receiver Hunter Bear was the day one starter um Brandon Rushing has been there for a long time the senior so 
Micah Hiltz had to produce to get this job, and he's done a great job since then. Um, the defense, I thought, played a great game. Held Especially, in, in, I don't know the, that um, I would have believed maybe a year ago that they would have been as successful as they were when a guy like Brian London goes down in the first defensive series. Yeah. But Marcavius Coleman, yeah. is that correct? Binky. Binky Coleman. Uh, really stepped up, had a good game for them. Uh, obviously, I think Nick Daniels, yeah, Nick Daniels is another guy who stepped up. Not obviously, but he obviously had a good game because he led the team with nine yeah. tackles. Yeah, um, yeah, it was Nick did a good job filling in for Brian as the number one guy, and Binky did a great job as the number two. Um, I talked to Jake Spavitt all this week. Brian London should be fine. Nothing too significant. Um, same with most of the guys. On their roster, they're they're pretty banged up. There's a ton of guys on the injury report right now, but I don't think he plans on anybody to be out for the game next week against ULM. He did say there's 14. Ankles <laughs> this was a good quote on this injury report. Two of them belong to Aaron Brewer. If that impacts Aaron Brewer long term, it could be a major issue for oh, this yeah. team. Um, because they really just started getting the running game going. Caleb Twyford had 17 carries for 73 yards, looked fine. Um, but Aaron Brewer is, is the anchor of that offensive line, so if he's out, it's going to be a real struggle to get the run, to keep the run game going at this point. But overall, I thought this was their most complimentary football game. And you even wrote about that in right. your game story. It, you know, Gresh gets picked off in the first half, but the defense holds Nichols to a three and out. And then the second half, they start stacking plays together. You know, Gresh scores, the defense gets the turnover, and then Texas State scores again. That's what Jake Spavadol wants to see out of this team. What he said he wants to improve on moving forward is to be able to do that for a full game, where you didn't see that in the first half. You ha- They have to get off to a stronger start, which they haven't done these past two games. They didn't do well in the first half against Georgia State either. So that's what they really are trying to do in this next game against ULM. And they're also trying to get healthy. I mean, I I, I was looking, yeah, it's funny because I was looking back on some stuff, um, just going through the archives, looking for some information during the week, and um, I believe uh, the previous head coach, Everett Withers, had kind of said the same thing during the last bye week. So I feel like that's every coach's uh, goal during a bye week is to get healthy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that hashtag coach speak. Yeah. Um, so looking at their schedule, I think there's still three winnable games um, unless they, they surprise me with beating either uh, Arkansas State, a Louisiana, a Troy, or an App State. They um, get Louisiana on... They get all three of those games on the road, is that correct? Because um, they get Louisiana and Arkansas State on the road. Yeah. I know that. And, yeah, and Troy they, and App State are also on the road. Really? Because Troy... No, 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 no. Troy... Troy's at home. Troy, yeah. Troy's at home. And then App Coastal State's Carolina home. is on the road. They don't play App, do they, this year? They do. They do? Second to last game. Okay, and then they, they're on the road again for Coastal. They're on the road to two weeks in a row. Yeah, to end the season. Brutal. Um, but, so yeah, I, I still think that five wins is on the table, which is what I predicted before the season. If they want to make a bowl game, they're going to have to upset one of those four teams that I mentioned. 
Um, and I just I don't see it happening at this point. They're gonna have to like Chris Jensen's gonna have to become, you know, interceptionless. He didn't have. Did he have one interception he last had one. game? Yeah. Okay. So we'll see though. Well, I think uh, what I was gonna say is I think I think unfortunately you talked about getting to six wins, and I I feel like looking at where this team is at, they really should probably be three and two. I mean, you're looking at that Wyoming loss now, and you're saying, yeah. man, that was a game they really needed at the time. That was a swing game. Yeah. yeah, and at the time, you know, when you look at it that early in the season, you can see, like, man, this is a team that's still kind of learning together or learning how to play together, in a sense, at least offensively. Defensively, they're fine. I mean, they, that unit's been playing forever. Yeah. I don't think I was too surprised at the result against Texas A&M. Maybe, maybe I expected a little more points from them. I don't know that I expected them to go and only score a touchdown and yeah. a garbage time touchdown at that. Um, I think the SMU game surprises me the most. I know it turns out SMU is really good this SMU's year. SMU is great. I mean, they're ranked for the first time since they received the death penalty. Yeah, putting up numbers. Your large adult son is making you very proud. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, I think they're a little behind schedule in, in, in the sense that this was the year that I think they could go 6-6 six and six, um, just because you don't know what you have defensively next year. Um, but I think, though, the more you talk about them understanding complementary football, that they can go and do uh, what they need to do and upset one of those teams that you were just talking about. So i think i'm right there with you at the moment i would say that they can get to the five and seven threshold at the end of the season but i do think the more this team grows offensively the more they can pull off that upset i also do think it helps that they went into this bye week on a two-game win streak right because that's a that's a much better note to end on than you know dropping a game against georgia state or Nichols and having to sit on that sour note for 10 days you know um and, and it's it's really given them confidence. I think it's even given Jake Spavadol confidence that he knows he's doing the right stuff to get wins now. Yeah, This okay, so Drew, this is their best start through five games since 2016. Wow. Um, because uh, if I remember correctly, and I do, through five games in that year, they were they were sitting at three and two, or two and three. Same, same record, but... Um, I think it's. I think it probably. If you, it, I think you probably have to look at twenty fifteen at the last time they started off any better. Yeah, twenty fourteen. Yeah, and that that win over Nichols that was the widest winning scoring margin since twenty sixteen. Since twenty sixteen. So, uh, and how many games did that team win? The twenty sixteen team yeah. they went two and ten. Okay, so they're already at the same. And I, and I think and I don't I don't see this team going two and ten. I mean I don't, I don't see either. this team going yeah. three and nine. Yeah. If they go three and nine, which was last year's record, I I think there's probably been some sort of injury somewhere down yeah. the line. Because this team has shown this team looks a lot better. And they're these games though, and I I think this is where you look at where they're at. This they're they're not there's never been a game, and I've only been to two, and I've watched four total, including the games I've been at. Mm-hmm. No, I've been to three games. You went to a Minus the A&M game, I haven't, and the SMU game, obviously we just talked about how good SMU's this year. I haven't been concerned at all in a game where I'm thinking, oh, well, this is it. This is where it's over. This is where it's getting away. So I think that shows you that, at least in my eyes, there's been progress and, and that this team 
it's just kind of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are definitely times where you're frustrated. I think it mainly comes because the, the offense is just like not at a point where you'd like it yet. But defensively, it's not they're consistent. Fun. It's yet. not consistent, yeah. and and it, I think that just goes back to being able to complement each side of the ball. I think that's unfortunately why they've lost a couple games. It's because the defense has been on the field too long because the offense can't sustain any success. Yeah, um, so they're on a bye week, so we won't be picking a game for them. Let's talk about Sam Marcus football real quick, Nick. Okay. He went to the game in Converse Judson. Um, score was sixty-two to fourteen. Right. Uh, what did you see out of the Rattlers that game? I thought the Rattlers did a good job in the first quarter. Um, they came out. They successfully attempted an onside kick. I, I don't even call. know if it was an onside kick. I mean, the ball went like it wasn't one of those ones where you kick it on the ground and hope to get a good bounce. Right. It was a pop up. I love it. That went ten yards. I was impressed in that. That takes think, a lot of confidence. I think Judson was kind of like, what? And then I, th- I don't remember That's who caught point. it. That's the point. But you, they you caught it, a... and, and that was that. They got the ball, and then they, they marched down the Same field and just... scored. Um, and they went up 7-0. to zero. I think they kind of woke up a sleeping giant. Although yeah. I don't think Converse is a sleeping giant, but I think they were just like, oh, it's not going to be that easy. Yeah. Um, but then Judson scored immediately and then said, well, we see your onside kick, and we're going to raise you our onside kick. And then they... Got the ball back and went up 14-7 and never gave back the lead. Yeah. But San Marcos has some good things. Um, I think this is one of those teams in the district that they're just not going to be able to compete with because I just think there is just so much depth that Judson has. Yeah. Which is, you know, unfortunate. And I don't mean they're not going to compete throughout a game, but I, I just mean they just have so many kids that are going to play at the D1 level yeah. that you don't have. Um I mean, the running back who unfortunately went out during that game that scored the 74-yard touchdown on their first offensive drive got literally had just got an offer from USC the day before. Um, I mean, that's just so hard to compete against. And, you know, ultimately it is all about how much you fight. And you can always pull up an upset. You know, there's always any Saturday, but this or any Friday, excuse me. But unfortunately, this is like one of those games that's really difficult. Yeah. I don't think there's a harder game on the schedule than playing Judson, though. I, I think Steel's going to be tough. Luckily, they get him at home. Um, Shirts is going to be tough. Shirts will be tough. I mean, Clemens will be tough, but I do think that there's two wins out there for them left. It's probably New Braunfels and New Braunfels Canyon. Uh, I think New Braunfels is the harder of that one. Yeah. Uh, I think Canyon, you could get a win. Um, fortunately for them, that comes at the end of the year. I see this as a team offensively that is kind of figuring out an identity for themselves. Yeah. Um, and Alex Garcia, Coach Soto had talked about it in the loss to East Central, which was a game they probably should have won. Um, the, that was a close one. That was a close yeah. one. They made a lot of mistakes that cost them um, in the long run. Uh, a lot of late hit, or not late hit, but uh, you know penalties, 15-yarders is yeah. what I'm trying to say. That, yeah. that Big penalties. Big penalties that extended a drive. Um, and that really hurt him. Um, but he said after that loss that um, the, the biggest thing for them is that this is Alex's offense and that he's able to command what they do and I think that's key anytime you're able to find or have a quarterback that that can lead the offense because he knows exactly what to do is great Um, you've really seen him kind of grow in that role especially after last year where for a certain amount of time they really weren't certain who they were going to play at quarterback yeah they were switching between him and Cambodrine um so uh I think this bye week came at a good time. Um, I think we kind of joked about coach speak, but I think this is a team that definitely needs to get healthy. Yeah. Um, they might have 14 ankles as well that probably need to heal. Um, but 
I think this is a team, unfortunately, that that needed one of those games in Laredo United or um, even a Buda Hayes. They were in in that game. They they just needed one of those you know three games, including that East Central game that they could have won and gained a little more confidence. You know, I think they're gaining confidence every week because they're playing well. I just don't or, or well in terms of their growing. Um, I just don't know how much it helps to you know when you when you unfortunately lose a game when, after playing well at yeah. least on one side of the ball. So it's kind of my take on, on San Marcos. Um, I think the district schedule is always tough for them in this particular district, but I think there are definitely a couple wins they could pick up coming towards the yeah. end of the year. And so they're they're going to be on bye week as well this week. All the bye weeks. I don't know what we're going to put in the paper. You hate but, to see it. Uh, no, but so San Marcos, I know like annually their tradition is to have a lock-in during the bye week, and so that'll you know, help tonight, the team chemistry. That'll help. Bottom. They also have a seniors versus coaches a flag football game yeah, or touch football game. or something. Coaches love to cheat in that game. I think, yeah, I I think they claim that they've won every one of them. I don't know how They're true that is. Correct. I don't know that I believe that. Um... So yeah, that, so after that next week they'll take on Cipolo Steel at home, and so with that, Nick, let's get to our picks where we choose a handful of winners through some games with little to no consistency. No consistency at all. There's no high school games this week on our list, so we're gonna jump straight to college. It's our alma mater, number eleven, Texas, at. West Virginia. The Longhorns are a ten and a half point favorite. That's a lot of points. Thanks. I didn't really want to pick this game because it was kind of lopsided, but you got mad at me when I didn't pick Oklahoma State. So. Well, I thought that was going to be a good game, and it turned out to be. It was a it six did. point game. You're right, um, Nick. Question for you: Is anyone healthy on this team? On Texas? Yeah. Not on the secondary. Ugh. What about the running backs? Running backs are actually getting healthy, Drew. Okay. Uh, Keontae Ingram took off the knee brace against Oklahoma State, and yeah. he went wild on the field. Yeah. I had a good game. Um, and then Nanny Young's come back, and then they have also have um, Roshan Johnson, who's come up. <laughs> I joked. Uh, the It would have been Rice. That was when you went to SMU. Yeah. I was like, is Roshan Johnson the best running back they have? <laughs> uh, I don't think that's true, but I, I do think that – that's a good spot for them. They're growing better. As long as they protect Sam Ellinger, my large adult son, they'll be okay. It's, your large adult son has been balling he has. this season. 15 touchdowns, one interception. You know, we used to fight about our large adult sons, mm-hmm. but at least they're both having success yeah. in their respective we schools. Can, we, can be, we can both, we can be, both proud. be proud. I love that. Uh, I'm going with Texas. Who are you going with? I'm going with Texas. I just don't think... I, I think this is a rebuilding year for West Virginia. Um, and offensively, Texas is just you so love much West better. Virginia's coach Neil Brown, the old yeah, oh. the old Troy coach. Yeah, he was he was a guy I was surprised it took him that long to get a head coaching job. Um, I think they're going to be good in a couple years. I don't know that it's this year. I mean, I don't. I definitely don't think it's this year. I don't know that it's next year either. So um, yeah. that was a total rebuild. It's kind of why I think Daniel Holgerson left because he kind of saw that there was nothing left yeah. in the cupboard. But that's a story for a different day. So All Texas. Right. Next game, TCU at Iowa State. This one was a tough one. Uh, Cyclones are minus three and a half. Nick, who do you like here? Um, I think I went with uh, Bill Connolly's S&P Plus projections, and I went with Iowa State. Okay. I don't know that I like that. I don't know that I like TCU either. That's well, the thing. I've noticed a trend here. What's that? Nick, you've been wrong when you picked Iowa State versus oh. Iowa. 
you were wrong about Iowa State versus Baylor. It's the third time is the term. So I'm just going to fade you here. I'm going to go with TCU. They have the higher scoring offense. They have the lower scoring defense. And so I'm going to go with the Horned Frogs there. Keep okay. the trend up. Okay. Keep okay. the trend up for I have Nick. The plus no. He thinks bye. Next game, Baylor at Kansas State. The This one, another tough one. Another Bears tough. are a one and a half point underdog. Kansas mm. State loves to run. They do. But they can't really pass. Okay. Baylor is really good at stopping the run. Okay. I think that's going to cause issues for the Wildcats. Oh, okay. So, also, Baylor is undefeated. Not for nothing. I'm going with Baylor. I'm going with Kansas State. Okay. You just wanted to spade me. Is that it? I... D- Why do you hate me? I guess... To be fair, we do a lot of trash talking we do. about this. We do. Um, I just... I don't know. Baylor... Baylor surprised me last week. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. Right. Next game. I don't know why I put these two on there, but it's going to be a fun-looking game. UTSA at UTEP. Oh, this is a this is like a fight for who wants to be the worst in yeah. FBS Texas football. Yeah. So the Miners are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, I can't. I mean, I'm surprised that anyone's favorite. Why not just make this game a pick em? Great question. I mean, I guess if if it was a neutral game, it probably would be. But UTEP is at home. Neither team very good this year. No. Makes this a super intriguing game. It's going to be who does the most to not lose. Both teams are kind of balanced on offense. The Roadrunners are better at stopping the pass, and the Miners are better at stopping the run. So I feel like game script is going to have a big impact on the game. I'm going to take UTSA only because they've had a tougher schedule and have the same record as UTEP. That's the only reason. That's the only thing I could really distinguish between the two of them. I went with UTSA, and I really wasn't happy about it. I don't think I would have been happy with whoever I yeah. picked. That's uh, that's the name of the game. Well, you hate to see it. Next up, we have number 18, UCF, at Cincinnati. The Golden Knights are four-point favorites. It's great offense versus great defense here. Uh, as they shine, our sometimes fellow co-host... Who could make it today, unfortunately. Could not make it today. Shouts to Deshaun, though. Shouts to him. As he I mean, said one time, though, this is a direct quote, defense wins championships, but offense wins games. So I'm going with UCF here. Okay. The better I'm, offense. I'm going with UCF as well. Good. Good, good. Next, we have number 14, Iowa, at number 19, Michigan. The Wolverines are three and a half point favorites. But Nick, this is a Big Ten game. Oh, he thinks he's the Big Ten guru. And thank God for the Big Ten. If it weren't for the Big Ten, I'd be so far down in the standings. Like, What did you call yourself? I'm the Big Ten Brainiac. The Big Ten Brainiac. I just, I'm going to text this man when he's wrong about this pick. I have such a competitive advantage over everybody else in Texas because nobody else really cares about the Big Ten. Nobody pays attention to them, except for me. <laughs> okay. So let me tell you about the Big Ten. Okay. It's bad besides Ohio State? Pretty much. And Penn State? And sometimes Wisconsin. Oh, actually, you're right. Wisconsin's having a good year. Yeah. I actually like Wisconsin. Um, In this game in particular, Michigan didn't really win in big games. They went to double overtime with Army. 
Hmm. Army's not bad. You want to know? Why are you hating on well, Army? Okay, you want to know? Breaking. Who, Drew hates the troops. You want to know who Army won games against this season? Who's Let me give that? you the two wins. Oh, they only have two. The three wins. Sorry. Okay. Fourteen to seven over Rice. Okay. Thirty-one to thirteen over UTSA. Fair enough. Fifty-two to twenty-one over Morgan State. Well, look at that. There, hey, they're one more bowl, uh, game closer to bowl eligibility than Texas State. I'm going with Iowa. I'm going with Michigan. I don't like it at one bit. Good. I don't want this. Same thing. I don't think I would have liked Iowa either. I like Iowa a little bit, um, but yeah, you're gonna be wrong. Okay. Well, I've already told you. I'm gonna text you right, about you being the brainiac when you're wrong. Last college game: number seven Auburn at number ten Florida. Uh, the Gators are three point underdog. I was surprised because this is a close spread. Nobody wanted to roll the dice with Florida though. Well, Florida's playing with their backup quarterback. That's true. That's why I also did not pick Florida. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It was uh, a little bit surprising, you know. I wasn't sure. You have eight players. You would think somebody one. wouldn't know that they. Well, have a we, well, once it wasn't you, no one was gonna pick it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I am going with Auburn here because I don't trust Florida's backup quarterback yet. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going yeah. with Auburn as well. All right, let's move on to the NFL. We have... This one was a tough week. For NFL Shout teams. out to the yeah. Cowboys who disappointed me. Well, I was going to say, we're, we're going to have a steel cage match between you and Rigo. Yes. The I think oh, dude, he's going to win. It's not even close. Dallas the Dumpster Fire is back. <laughs> Boy! They're hosting Green Bay. The Cowboys are three and a half point favorites. Green Bay is Rigo, Rigo's favorite team, and Rigo is in first place right now. So you yeah, know he had a great week last week. Rigo I hate to see is it. up by two games actually. Yeah, and he's going to be rooting. He was for down the by Green like Bay three. Packers. He picked the Green Bay Packers. Oh well, he's going to be wrong. Um, Listen, he thinks the Philadelphia Eagles are good, and that's why he's basing this pick off of yeah. them. What? Philadelphia is not a good team. Oh y'all. Well, but they beat Green Bay. That's why. That's that's exactly the point. <laughs> Nick, I told you last week. It was divine intervention. The Saints just had too much karma going their way, and that's how they won. Yeah, the officiating was garbage. Zeke Elliott was down at the at the almost end of the first half, yeah. and that not being down helped the Saints score three points, which was ultimately the decider. Yeah, some nonsense. Um. It made me believe in the Cowboys a lot less. Um, and it's since okay. You Rigo, were never a believer anyway. True. Since Rigo is in first place, I'm going to follow the leader here. I'm going to go with Green Bay over Dallas. Okay. I went with Dallas. Of course you did. Yeah. Because they were going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Actually, F, uh, um, FPI, ESPN's FBI still has that them and the Patriots and the Chiefs. Both as a, like, so Patriots, Cowboys is the top prediction, according to ESPN's FPI, and then Cowboys, Chiefs. Gotcha. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. What you think about that, Drew? All right. Nothing. Because he baby. It, what, what does ESPN know? Really? Don't worry. All right. It says the Big Ten Brainiac. Next game, Atlanta at Houston. The Texans are five-point favorites. Texans have not had... Like a blowout game yet. All, all of their games are close this year. Is that a bad thing? Uh, no, but I mean, they've never been really comfortable. Yeah. That yeah I mean, that worries yeah. me a little bit. Yeah, I get it. Um, but but you know they're still. I think they're two and one, right? 
Mm, let's see. They beat LA this last. The Chargers this last week. They lost to. I thought, I thought oh no, that was two weeks ago. Then they lost to Carolina. Oh, okay. So they're two and two. Two and two. There you go. Um, wow, it's been two weeks since the. LA even game. though they lost to the Panthers, the Falcons lost to the Titans. Yeah, the Titans are garbage. That seems kind of difficult to do. It seems difficult to lose to the Titans. Because most of the time, the Titans can't even score two touchdowns, let alone beat you by two touchdowns. Yeah. So, I'm going with the Texans still as the favorites at home. Who are you going with? See, I'm going back to the fact that Philadelphia is not that good. Mm -hmm. And Atlanta beat Philadelphia. Uh And therefore... Atlanta's not that good. So, uh, give me the Texans. I don't think the math adds up there. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. At okay. the end of the year, it will. All right, if you say so. Last game, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. The Ravens are three and a half. I feel like this favorites. one was an easy one, mainly because they don't, since the Steelers don't have Big Ben. Not that that made a big difference yeah, to start the season. The spread is only three and a half points, which surprised me. They're at home. Uh, Steelers, right? Yeah, the Steelers are at home. Yeah, see, that's, that should be a touchdown game then. Yeah. Um, Mason Rudolph also looked good against the Bengals. Well, that but the it was the Bengals. Bengals. I'm going to talk about a team worse than Philadelphia. It's the Bengals. It's the Bing- Bengals. I like Lamar Jackson. I'm on the Lamar Jackson bandwagon. Yeah, you never left. I Yeah, that's true. I've been pounding the table for him been since he was drafted. Uh, I think Baltimore wins the division. How about that? Ooh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, who else is going to win it? The Browns? The Browns. The Browns didn't play bad last week. Yeah. They beat the the uh, Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. Words are not coming out of my mouth today. Um, I took the Ravens here, too, mainly because I like Lamar Jackson, I mean, over Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Unless right. Lamar Jackson, like, throws, like, Jackson throws, like, three picks. I don't see that happening, though. Yeah. All right. That's it for the picks. Closing out, we're going to go over the other sports really quickly. Uh, San Marcos High School Volleyball, they lost to Smithson Valley on Tuesday, 3-0. to zero. Um, They're going to play the last game of their district of their first district cycle on Friday against New Braunfels Canyon on the road. It's going to be kind of a tough matchup. Um, the Cougarettes are also one of the better teams in the district. I think they're 5-1 and one right now. So uh, that's going to be a tough game. But... After that, they'll have a open slot, kind of regroup, and then get into the second cycle of the district, and maybe they find some improvements along the way. Is there an undefeated team in this district? So Shirts Clemens is six and zero. Really? At the moment, yeah. Clemens. Clemens, um, and then Canyon is number two at five and one. Kind of shocked at that. Clemens has lost four games all season. Wow. Yeah, that's they're at the top there. Um, so, Nick, you're going to have the day off tomorrow. Yeehaw! Because San Marcos is on a bye. I will be at San Marcos Academy covering the football team. They won the two games that we've been at, right? We, we've only been to one game with them. But oh, they, that's right. We went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week was the homecoming game. We sent Deshaun last week to their homecoming game. They beat St. Gerard by two touchdowns. Um, and then I'll be at the game tomorrow night, Friday. They're playing Sacred Heart in their last non-district game. They're four and one right now. They're wow. They're doing pretty good, and that's better than any other record that's in their district. So uh, that game will kick off at seven thirty tomorrow. You can stay updated on Twitter at DrewKing0222 at SMDR Sports. Yeah, that one. 
Deshaun will be at the volleyball game for San Marcos. Um, and then with Texas State, the volleyball team has a road trip to Arkansas. They'll play Arkansas State on Friday and then Little Rock on Saturday. Um, I talked to Coach Chisholm yesterday a little bit, um, and I wanted to know more about why Brooke Johnson got moved to the libero spot because that's she's a good question, dude. Originally a setter, and I actually asked Brooke when was the last time you played libero. She said not since her freshman year of high school when that, she was at Tom Ball. Is that how you properly pronounce it, libero? Yeah, I think so. Okay. No, I was just curious because oh. I've heard it called libero, probably called libero. I was oh. libero. I don't know if anyone's called a libero, but I've heard it pronounced yeah, a different way. I guess you're right. I was just curious if there's like a proper pronunciation. Anyways. Well, so that's your that's your vocabulary moment for the day. So I asked Coach Chisholm what what went into that move, and really it was just that Brooke has a lot of energy when she's on the court. A lot of the her teammates rally around her when she gets playing time, and while she was playing center, there was only so many spots that they could rotate her to because Emily DeWalt gets a ton of playing time as a setter. And usually they have just one defensive specialist spot and then have an extra outside hitter, whether that be Janelle Fitzgerald or Cheyenne Husky on that back row. So moving Brooke to the libero spot allows her a lot more playing time. She's on the floor like 95% of the time now in her new position. And so that that kind of limits um, how much playing time Micah Dinwiddie gets, but Brooke is a lot more versatile in that she can still set the ball, she can still dig, they can move Micah at the defensive specialist spot. Um, And Coach Chisholm also said that Brooke's a little bit better at reading the floor and can direct the hitters on where they need to aim when they swing for the ball. So, Which is kind of funny, right, because didn't... Micah Dinwiddie come in as the Sun Belt preseason. She did. Was it defensive, De- defensive player, player of the year? year? Yeah. I didn't know if it was a libero of the year, or defensive player. It was defensive player of the year. Um, but yeah, I think and Micah's a great defensive player, but I think Brooke adds a little bit more to the table in terms of passing and reading the floor. And she, you're right. The energy I always know. She's always like jacked when anything yeah. positive happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super like intense. So I, I wrote a whole story about this topic. You can find it in Friday's paper or at SMDR. No, Sam Mar- You can go to at SMDR Sports. I'm sure it'll be there. Or you could go to sammarcusrecord.com slash sports. Thank you, Nick. That'll be in the sports section on Friday. Um, and then lastly, Texas State soccer. Not doing so well. Not great, Bob. So they picked up a loss and a tie over the weekend that's not not great and so they're they're already kind of out of contention for the regular season conference title pretty much they've been on a scoring drought and they really gotta start turning things around soon and i talked to cat cotter today she seemed pretty confident that they could figure things out um they're gonna play at ulm on friday and then come back home versus App State on Sunday, which the scheduling there didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but that's what it is. Um, but yeah, Texas State soccer has to start turning things around. They still because they they're there's a lot of season left, but at the same time they have to pretty much secure a spot to the tournament if they want to get back to 
the championship, championship game. game. Um, and right now, they're not going to have an, as easy of a path as they did last year. Anything else, Nick? I think that does it on my end. I think that will conclude our 37th episode. We made it. Another one. Another one. We made as many podcasts as the number of points Texas State scored in its triple overtime victory over Georgia State. Wow, that's a good one, Drew. 37. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Drew. That's Thank the you, first Big Ten Radio. Had yeah. <laughs> well, remember a couple episodes ago when we had to say that that number was the amount of White Claws Gardner Minshew oh, had? Yeah. yeah, I do. That dude is balling. He is. He's the real deal. Yeah. Poor Nick Foles. Rip. Where can people find you on Twitter, Nick? Drew, they can find me at Nick underscore Castillo 74. And you can follow me, Drew King, on Twitter at DrewKing0222. And make sure you follow the Daily Record Sports account at SMDR Sports. And remember, you can now find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Spotify. How do they do that, Nick? Uh, Drew, they just look up San Marcos Daily Record Sports. There you go. Thank you so much for listening. This has been On the Record Sports. We'll see you next week. Okay, thanks. Bye. You seem to like that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm a... I'm a resident. I'm our resident James Harden hater. I see. I don't know if I'm about injuring him or hurting him physically like that, but you know, I'm intrigued. You're gonna get suspended a couple games. Mm, well, wouldn't be the first time.